Welcome to Becoming a Business, the podcast for anyone wanting to start, build or grow their business. Hello and welcome to Becoming a Business. My name is Alex Boxall and this podcast is all about helping you. So whether you are starting out in business, whether you've got business already, whatever, as long as you want to start, build or grow your business, this podcast is for you. You see, the plan in this podcast is basically that we're going to interview successful business owners who have done what we're wanting to do. But the important thing here is that these are not multi-million corporations because realistically, they've probably, not not for any fault of their own, but they've come so far, those multi-million corporations, multi-million dollar, multi-million pound, you can tell I'm English, so uh, I say pound, um, the multi-million pound corporations, they've come so far that actually they may not remember what it's like to be at that start, to be at that place where we you just need to grow your business. So that is why we're going to be interviewing people who are successful, but not mega multi-million millionaires. So if that's what you're after, unfortunately, that podcast is not for you. That podcast, this podcast. However, if you want to learn from people who are only a little bit ahead of you, who can still help you, who can still remember those little things that we did at the start or that we do at the start that really make the big difference, then this will be helpful. Do subscribe. If you subscribe, then you won't miss any episodes. We've got some great episodes coming up. But more to the point, listen and apply what you learn. That's the most important thing because just hearing about it won't do anything. But if you listen and apply what you learn, then you will really, really grow and see enormous benefits from all these other people's experiences. So the structure of each episode is roughly going to be like this. I'm going to do a quick introduction, say hello, and then I'll introduce the interview. This episode is slightly different because we don't actually have an interview. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself because really it's weird to host something and no one know who you are. So I will just tell you a little bit about how I got involved in business and what I'm doing now. And then at the end of every episode, we will have a question of the week. Now, this week's question is great and it comes to us today from Kevin Lewis. And I'll tell you all about that later. I will ask answer that question at the end of the podcast. So... A little bit about me. So I first got into online business. I first ventured into the world of business. It doesn't matter what business you're in, but um, personally, I got into online business a few years back, almost sort of by accident, if I'm honest. I was lying in bed one night reading on my iPad. Actually, I say reading. I was actually on Facebook, as so many of us are. I was on Facebook, and this advert came up on Udemy. I don't know if you've heard of Udemy. Um, It's an online course website where you can buy loads of different courses about loads of different things anyhow I was on Udemy or rather I was on Facebook and this advert came up on Udemy that basically said do you want to learn how to write and publish your first book I thought I've always wanted to write a book let's find out what it's about and it was only seven dollars it was one of their usual um they often run these deals it was one of their usual ones you know seven dollars for a course that normally costs 197 dollars so I went and bought it Um, on a whim I bought it but the important thing here is that what I did was I followed it along I followed along the course learned everything I could from it and then actually implemented it and it was amazing so here's what I did so I I followed the course and I decided to write a book 
Now, at the time, we were quite in debt. I had a lot of debt that we had to get rid of. Thankfully, that's all gone now, but that's a story for another day. But anyhow, at the time, I was in debt, but I'd been reading loads about getting out of debt and how how to do it, how to get out of debt. So I decided that if I was going to do this book properly and learn how to sell a book, I'd have to do it under a different name. So I decided to write a book about getting out of debt, essentially distilling all the ideas and all the stuff I had learned into a book. And I called it the 21 Day Debt Revolution. And un unbeknownst, I just want to use a long word like unbeknownst, unbeknown to me, I did some stuff and got it right that first time. But I didn't know what I did right. And that's what's important here. Anyhow, I wrote this book, The 21 Day Debt Revolution, and I published it, self-published it obviously, on Kindle. And I put some stuff on Amazon and I did all that. But the important thing that I did, well, I think it's important. I don't know if it's actually important or whether it made any difference at all. But I didn't put it under my name. I used a pen name because I wanted to see if I could actually create something and sell something that wasn't just to my friends and family. Now, here's the here's the thing. If I pause at all, it's because I keep... This is the first episode, obviously, and I'm looking at my computer to see if it's actually still recording. I think it is. It looks like it is. The counter's going up, so that's fine. Um, anyhow, um, so I wrote this under a different name. I wrote it under the name Jonathan Alexander Scott. And I created a plan, and I wrote a book. And it took a couple of months, and I wrote this whole book. It's, it's, it's not a very long book. I want to say, I think it was 21,000 words or so. But anyhow... So I went on there and I created the book, I wrote the description, uploaded it all, got someone else to create the cover for me because at the time I was not very good at uh, graphic design stuff. I've learned a lot since then. But I put it all on Amazon and followed the instructions in this course about how to market it. And so I put it for free for five days. And in those five days, my book was downloaded two and a half thousand times. And I was blown away. It was at the top of the um, of its category, and the next category up, which meant I was it, that was in the free category, obviously. And then as soon as I took it off the free category, it continued selling. And I think over the next over the next couple of weeks, I sold about 800, 900 copies. Which I guess if you're a big publisher or a big name author, that's probably not very much. But for me, it was incredible. I was right up there in the financial uh, category on Kindle. And I was my book was next to people like Dave Ramsey, uh, people like um, even, oh, I should know, that Tony Robbins. But I don't know why my mind went blank there. He's super famous. Um, Tony Robbins, his, uh, I was next to his book. Ooh, that reminds me that I always need to put my phone on silent while I'm recording these podcasts. So apologies for that. Um, I'm not going to cut that out because, hey, I'm real and mistakes happen. But hey, so I was in that top category next to Dave Ramsey, next to um, Tony Robbins, right up the top. I got to number one in that category. Not for very long, mind you, because their books outsold me quite quickly. But just that moment of amazing, like, excitement to see that my book was number one and it had that Amazon bestseller sticker. Now, here's 
what I then did wrong. One, I wrote it under a pen name, which is fine. A lot of authors do that. They write under a different name. And then I tried to create a group where I pretended to be this fake person. I was literally pretending to be Jonathan Alexander Scott, who was made up. Um, right there and then, it all went to pot. It literally fell apart. How can I try and I create a second Facebook thing and I couldn't even... I couldn't keep up with the different Facebook groups. I went on a Facebook group to try and encourage people in their debt loss pursuits. And it just all went horribly wrong. Um, I lost, um, I lost, literally, I had no idea where I was, what I was doing. I was lying to people because actually it wasn't really me. And it just, I just felt really horrible. Um, so I dropped out of the Facebook group and it's, I think it might still be running, but I've closed it down a bit. I still need to change the name on the cover of the book and make it more real and maybe reissue it. But that's something I have to do. I just haven't got around to doing that yet. Um, the other thing that I really, really, um, made, did wrong was I didn't capture any leads so I was giving away free stuff. So I had a like a whole toolkit that you could go online and download. Uh, I think the link may be broken now because it was a few years ago. So I need to fix that link as well. But that's not the point. Um, I created this link and there's like there was no email capture in it at all. So over 3,000 people have downloaded my book. Whether they read it or not is another matter. But they they downloaded the book and... I didn't capture any of those emails for follow-up at all. Not a single one. It was, like, that was a big mistake. Imagine, like, if I had a list with 3,000 people on it, all interested in losing, sorry, losing debt? Getting rid of debt. If they were all interested in getting rid of debt, debt the amount of products I could create to serve them would be incredible. But I missed out on that because at the time I had no idea about what lead capture was or how to go about doing it. Um, so I didn't capture their leads. I created a false persona to try and run my business under. And it, I, I couldn't keep up. So I thought, I did the next best thing, I thought, let's write another book. I didn't do any research into whether or not this is a book that people want. I just assumed that people would want this book. So I wrote another book called The Newlyweds Guide to Money, I believe it was called. Um, I did the same thing, exactly the same process, five days for free. In those five days, I did the same amount of promoting, all free, of course. I didn't want to spend money on promoting something that I was giving away. Um, and... Yeah, so uh, promoted that all over the place and 300 copies, I think, downloaded in that free period, which was a big blow, especially as that book was longer. It was like 35,000 words. So no, it's still not, still not a tome, still not like a, an epic thing, but it was just, yeah, just n no one wanted it. And then when it came off onto the paid, when it came off the five days for free and went paid, I sold... I don't even know how many I sold, not very many at all. 
that book literally dropped out of the charts faster than a faster than a cannonball dropping into the sea. Just went sank and sank and sank. And I didn't know what I'd done wrong, but at the time. Now I guess the reality is is that there isn't a big market for financial advice for newlyweds. I guess newlyweds are either they're either older and already know about money or they are younger and not thinking about money yet. So yeah, I don't know. It just all it, it just didn't work for me. But what I did discover is that I loved writing and I loved doing online marketing. So from there I went and learned all sorts of different stuff. I learned how to create courses, I learned how to create email marketing campaigns, I learned how to write sales copy and discovered that actually that is something that I am superbly passionate about. And yeah, and that's where that's what brought me to where I am now. Creating this podcast for you. So my next endeavor, I guess, I guess it was endeavor, was creating an online course. Now, I am a musician. I do worship in church. I'm a, I'm a Christian, so I go to church, and I am in what a lot of people call a happy, clappy church. I'm not a big fan of that term because it, I feel it cheapens what our churches are all about, but that's not the point. To, so that people understand what sort of church I'm in. I'm in a church which has a band. We have drums. They're they're quite common around the place, um, just not a traditional church. So I write songs that we sing in church. And in fairness, objectively speaking, songs that I write have been used in church and are, they're all right. They stand up. They stand up to scrutiny. They're all right. Um, and so I thought, how is it that I write songs? What is it that I do to write songs? And I broke down my process and created a simple process that other people can follow that's actually, if you were into writing worship songs, if you were to follow my process, your worship songs would be sung in church. And I showed this to a few friends of mine. They were like, that's great. You should definitely do something with that. So I did. I spent the next 18 months learning how to create an online course and then creating an online course to sell. It took me 18 months. Possibly because there was some procrastination, possibly because I wanted it to be perfect, possibly because uh, I was still working full time as well. And all these things added together. And yeah, it took 18 months. I built it, I launched it, I followed the launch sequence that I'd learnt, um, and nothing happened. Not a single sale. I promoted that to the relevant groups on Facebook. I was in, I'm still in about eight different groups that all have 5,000 plus members, all interested in modern worship music, all in that scene and nothing happened. I didn't sell a single course. Eventually, I decided to drop the course price right down and sell it as a sort of like beta like a, hey guys, come and try this out, see what you think, let me know. And I sold it for $17. And at that price, yeah, I made 10 sales, but really nothing is. I'm going to be honest, it was not worth the 18 months of work that I put into it. Now, since then, I've learned, obviously, that 
the while there is a desire for people to learn how to write worship songs in that particular scene there's something else missing you have to be a personality to be able to sell it i genuinely think that is the case if i had been a famous musician from within the church then yeah people would have bought it but i think that as i'm not i'm known at my church but that doesn't make me famous um as i'm not um like a, a big name as such people people haven't bought it so i mean there's still stuff i could do with that i could try and get some big names involved um i could try and make something of it but at the moment it's sat there people can still buy it if they want but i've had no sales for a while so again another failure and that was a big challenge for me like dealing with putting in all that work and not having anything come out of it it just if i'm honest it was like massively frustrating um I, I, but I didn't want to give up because I found that writing and sharing and teaching stuff really, really is something that I'm passionate about. So I had to look back at what um, I was, what I did right so that I could work out what, how to repeat the process. And I looked into it and to be honest, I found out by mistake what I did right that first time. So what I did right the very first time I launched a product with that book was I created a clear plan. I learned this from Donald Miller. You should definitely look his stuff up online. He is incredible. Um, but he, he teaches a... Um, seven-part framework which I now help people with I've adapted it slightly but I that's what I do but that's not the point here at this point what I want to say is that clarity having a clear clear message and purpose really sells and that clarity has to come through in all your marketing all your messaging everything you do whether it's social media whether it's videos that you make whether it's a book that you write, you had to be clear about certain things. Had to be clear about what problem you're solving. You've got to be clear about how to solve that problem. So that's like creating a plan that people can follow. And then you've got to call people to action. And that is what I did right with the 21 Day Debt Revolution. 21 Day Debt Revolution? revolution? That was a weird way of saying it. Revolution is... Um, it's a it's time so there's 21 days to turn your life around i didn't even think about that i just thought it sounded good if i'm honest at the time and i created a 21 day plan that people could follow and in the book i talked about getting out of debt and experiences of getting out of debt and things that worked and things that hadn't and without knowing it i had done a whole load of stuff that was right I got a lot of stuff wrong as well, but because I did that stuff right, it sold and um, it was selling. The, the problem came with me not knowing that. And it was only probably three years later, three and a half years later or so, I discovered this framework that really, really works. And so that is what I do now. I help other people sell their products by putting them through this framework to just completely 
change around their business and their marketing. So yeah, that's what I do now. I help business owners craft clear marketing messages and put strategies in place so that they, or if it's you, if you wanted to work with me, can focus on doing what they love while still getting all the customers they need. So yeah, so that's what I do now. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I love it. I love that moment when I'm helping someone and there's that there's that hope that suddenly appears in their eyes. Maybe they've been worried about starting a business or maybe they've been trying to run their business but nothing is happening. And then I work with them and I create help them, sorry, create a clear marketing message. And they read what they're about and they suddenly realize that actually, actually they have something special to give. They have something unique to sell. And that is what is so powerful. That moment of excitement and hope, that is what I live for. That's what I love seeing. I still make mistakes in business. I still often do work for free. I still... Which, by the way, you should never do because people don't value it as much. But, uh, <laughs> hey, we're all still learning on this path. We're all still learning. And I still make those mistakes. But here's the thing. When you find that thing that you are passionate about, it doesn't matter what it is. It might be gardening. It might be sewing. It might be working with children. It might be, it might be marketing. It might be creating Facebook ads. It could be anything at all. It might be accounting. My brother-in-law is an accountant and he loves numbers. Now, I don't get numbers. I can I can do maths. I did all right at school in maths, but I don't love it. And personally, I find it, if I'm honest, I find numbers a bit dull, as a lot of people do. But for some people, numbers, numbers lights them up. And so that's the first thing I would say is that you need to get right, is find something that you love doing. If you don't love what you're doing, you're not going to put loads of time into it. So find that passion, find that thing that you love. And there's a there's a saying, isn't there? I think is if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day of your life. I it's a bit trite. It's not it's not entirely true either because actually even doing a job you like, there will be days that are a grind and that are hard to do. But find something you're passionate about and there will always be that spark that keeps you going and me seeing this transformation in people when they realize the story that they can invite people into when they realize that they have a story that other people want to be part of that is what I live for and that is what I love doing so that's why this podcast is going to be all about other people's stories about stories of people who were stay-at-home mums and just decided to start a business and are now selling products. They're selling stuff all over the world. In fact, in next week's episode, we're going to be speaking with Kate Wiley, who runs, sorry, she designs scarves and she runs Kate Wiley Designs. Her story is incredible. I'm not going to spoil it all. Uh, Come back and listen to it next time. Uh, But... She started off as a stay-at-home mum with a passion for art and that launched a whole new business. We're also going to be speaking to Pete who came out of, he just 
wanted to set up his own business doing something he loved doing in computers and that's what he's done and it's incredible that's another episode later on but anyhow here's the thing find that passion harness it and love what you do love the people that you serve and love the thing that you serve them with and that is how you will find a business that you love doing anyhow coming back to the end of the story right now i work with people helping them clarify their message if that's something you're interested in i'm sure i'll put a link on the show notes uh speaking of show notes there will always be show notes for these so if you go to the website which is www.becomingabusiness.com you will find show notes and links to anything i've talked about in the episodes just as an aside uh, some of those links will be affiliate links but i always put in brackets if they are or if they're not just so you know now if you've not heard of an what an affiliate link is an affiliate is some like an affiliate link basically means you might click on the link it goes through to amazon for example and if you buy whatever you've clicked on, uh, then Amazon will give me some money. It's not very much. It's normally like a percentage. So if you buy a book for £1 or £1.99, then I think I get like three pence, something like that. Not very much. Um, but that's not the point. The point is it doesn't cost you anything extra. It just goes through and it helps support the show and it helps support what I do. I will put uh, in brackets whether it's an affiliate or not next to every link that I put in there. Anyhow, uh, yes, that's my story really. That's where I started. Uh, sorry about all the errs and arms. I'm still getting used to this and I, it will get better over time. So, hey, what can I say? No one's perfect, right? And if you hear my chair squeaking, my chair squeaks. Anyhow, that is my basic story so you know a lot more about me now than many people do a lot more about my business and what I do and how I started it I could have gone into how I also build websites how I've learned to build websites over the years to serve what I do I could tell you about how I've learned about sales funnels and all sorts of stuff but I'll save that to another time when we are interviewing relevant guests I can share a little bit about my knowledge then if you would like um what I would say is that now we are going into the question of the week. So listen out and so listen out. That's not even a thing. Um, so if you're interested, do keep listening and we will answer questions equally. If you have a question to ask, listen to the end and I'll explain how you can ask those questions. In this edition of Question of the Week, we have Kevin Lewis of rewiredfit.com. Kevin uses fitness to help people with ADHD, which is a superbly worthy cause. and It's definitely worth visiting his website, rewiredfit.com. Anyhow, he asks, what is the best way to promote your business? Now, when it comes to this, there are two answers. I know it's a bit of a cop-out, but really... It depends entirely on what your business is. So there's no one best way to promote all businesses. Now, the first thing you need to do is find out where your people are. Where the people that are going to use your offer, use your service, use your product, where are they hanging out? Are they hanging out on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? Are they somewhere physical? So for example, if you're a personal trainer, 
advertising at the gym is probably a great place to do. Putting posters up at the gym will probably get you more business than trying to, or rather it will get you business quicker than trying to build up a following on Instagram that you can then sell to. Of course, you can do that and it may well work for you, but it may not be the quickest way of getting business as a personal trainer. Um, when it comes to promoting business, there's two main kinds of marketing that you can use. Organic, where it happens naturally, is essentially word of mouth, recommendations, people find your website accidentally, people hear about you from friends, they search Facebook and maybe find your page that way. And of course, there are ads. These cost more in that they cost money, whereas organic traffic doesn't cost anything. But ads are cost can be costly, but they can also be incredibly effective. So if you find out where your people are and you decide that you want to use ads, then you have to bear in mind that normally it takes people seven points of contact with your product or offer before they'll look to buy. So that's an average. Of course, some people buy on the first occasion. Some people will take 15 times before they'll even consider buying. But on average, it's seven, seven touches, seven points of contact before they will look at buying your product. That means that if a click-through is costing you a dollar, then actually it's going to cost you at least seven dollars to get someone uh, to buy from you. Now, there are ways of reducing that cost, particularly with Facebook ads. Once you get a Facebook ad right, um, then you can use that and use something called retargeting, and that is what a cookie is. So when you see all those websites that say we're using cookies, there's lots of reasons to use cookies, but one of them is advertising. So if you have those websites, it means that they are they know that you've visited. Not you personally, but they know that your computer has visited that website. That's why if you search for, say, Lilo's, I don't know why I'm thinking Lilo's, the first thing came into my head. If you think, if you search for Lilo's on Amazon, the next time you go on Facebook, it will recognize that and it will advertise Lilo's and other buoyancy aids to you. Uh, if you go and search for weight loss in Google, then when you go back on Facebook, they will advertise um, weight loss products to you. It's called cookies. They It's a small, tiny bit of code that records who's been to that website and then feeds that back to the advertising centers who distribute the ads that are bought by people on Facebook or on Google or wherever they buy the ads. So from a marketing point of view, the ideal way and the cheapest way of you getting people back to your website is to use Facebook pixels, which are cookies, and use them to retarget people who have already been to your website. That way, those ads are seen more often by people who have already been in touch with you. So they go to your website, pick up a cookie. It's all automatic. They don't have to literally pick up a cookie, although that would be nice. Um, but they pick up the cookie, it stores who's been there, and then when they go back on Facebook, retargeted ads are actually cheaper than cold traffic. So cold traffic is someone who's never heard of you before. Warm traffic is someone who has heard of you and has already been to your website at least once. So warm traffic is cheaper to get and click-throughs for 
than cold traffic. So if you're going to use the ads, um, if you're going to go down the ads route, then definitely look at pixels and cookies and definitely look at retargeting those people who've already been to your website. That way your cost for ads will be cheaper and your conversion rates back on your website will be higher as well. Obviously, keeping in touch with people once they've been to your website is vital and that's where email marketing comes in. One of the best email marketing softwares that we have that are out there that is also affordable is GetResponse. Um, that's what I've been using for many years and it, it does work really well and it's simple to use. You can just create email marketing campaigns quite quickly. Email marketing is still great despite what people think, even though even though we do get a lot in our inboxes, the fact that emails land in people's e email inboxes, I don't know why I said that funny either, the fact that your emails will land in someone's email inbox means that they will get seen by a lot of people. The bigger your list, the more people see your emails, the more people buy from you, especially if your emails are written well. But I think how to write emails is a topic for another day. But anyway, yes, so, Use email campaigns if you can. Collect people's emails. Use cookies to retarget if you're using paid advertising because that will work out much cheaper for you. And finally, just make sure that you create a great customer experience because great customer experiences are what get people talking or is what gets people talking. Either way, a great customer experience is what gets people talking and that is what will create that organic traffic to your website. I know it's a real quick whistle to whistle uh, a real quick whistle stop tour. Sometimes I trip over my words when I'm trying to talk too fast. A real quick whistle stop tour of promoting and how best to promote. But in summary, find out where your people are. Decide to promote in the way that is most likely to reach them. So if they're parents on Facebook, go to Facebook. If they're youngsters on Snapchat or TikTok, then go up to those. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is incredibly knowledgeable about this and I'll recommend any of his books. In fact, I will put links in the show notes for his books. Um, particularly Jab, 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 Right Hook is a brilliant book on using social media to promote your work. Um, but yes, so find out where they are, use the relevant social media platform, if that's what you're after, advertise and retarget, get email addresses, and create a great customer experience so that more people will find you. Those are my thoughts on question of the week this week. Feel free to let, let me know what you think in the comments on the website. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this first episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do subscribe, leave a review. I will be reading reviews out in the future. The best reviews, the finest reviews will be read out on air. And tell your, tell your friends, if you've enjoyed it and you know anyone who might be interested in hearing about this or who are in a similar position to you, then share the link. Tell people about this website. Sorry, this website. Tell people about this podcast and let them know that it is here and that it's free and that anyone can listen to it. So yeah, subscribe, share, review, do all those things that those YouTubers always say. I would say give it a thumbs up, but we don't have that on podcast yet. 
do that and I look forward to speaking to you next time. See you soon.